Well, I just want to say welcome this morning. If you're new here, uh, I apologize. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're a lot more like a family reunion than we are like your typical church. Uh, we actually believe that God wants us to enjoy our lives. I mean, that's maybe a crazy concept to you. Um, but we realize that what Jesus did on the cross for us is, yes, he purchased for us our right and privilege to get to go to heaven, to be with him. But he also did a lot of other stuff that include us getting to live lives that we actually enjoy living, right? The New Testament, if you read through it, is all about teaching people, us, the body of Christ, how to live free from the curse or limitation that would try to keep you stuck to living natural lives. I tell you something, you were never meant to live a natural day in your life. Everything about your life, if we apply the principles of the word, can be supernatural, right? There is nothing that is impossible for the word. There is nothing that's impossible for Jesus. And so it doesn't matter the impossible situation that you might find yourself in. God always has the answer. The cross always gives us the answer for our freedom, for our prosperity, for our liberty. Whatever you might need, the cross has answered that question for you. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning because I, I really believe that more so than ever, I mean, I'm so thankful that we still have this banner here and I'm trying to get away from talking about the year of the great harvest, but it's like I'm stuck here because one of the things that I've become so aware of is that in order for us to take this banner and actually make it a part of our lives, it's not something that's just going to happen because Mike designed a really nice banner. It happens because I take the principles of this book, okay? Every answer that you might need for every problem that you might have in any situation that you might walk into can be found in the book. There is truth in this book. There is enough power in one word of this book to change any situation of your life. The, the, the people who wrote this book paid a very high price so that we could live in the freedom of this book. This book is not designed to condemn you or to show you all the areas that you're wrong. This book was written to show you the potential of who you can be. Your life can actually look this good. All right. See, they're going to, have to do some work this morning. <clears throat> so the, uh, the passage of Scripture you're going to read from this morning is Philippians 3. Uh, Philippians 3. And I'm going to start in verse 12, but basically the beginning of this, uh, this passage of Scripture, if you read from verse 1, this is Paul, and he's speaking about his life. And he's writing to the church of Philippi and letting people know that, hey, guys, you know, I have tried to live my own dream, right? He says, you know, I was the, the you know, from the tribe that's the best of the best, and I was selected to pre, you know, to learn under the, you know, the high priest of the high priest, and, you know, I have been to the top of the mountain that I could create for myself. Actually, I'm not going to do this right now. I got two words for people. <laughs> We're going to get back to this. I just remembered right now. Boom. <laughs> All right, I got too hype at the beginning that I forgot. Uh, the first person, who is the first person? Mm, Kathy Whitener. Woo! You can stand up. We love Kathy, she's awesome. 
Um, yeah, you can stand up. Stand up, stand up. Um, so I actually was uh, in the back prayer room when we were praying. This is a plug for the back prayer room. You may get a prophetic word if you're in the back prayer room. <laughs> um, but uh, I, saw, um, I saw your angel, and uh, you were sitting on the bench, and your angel was standing beside you and kind of behind you. Um, and so I couldn't really, uh, couldn't see what it was doing. And so I kind of like moved around and I saw what it was doing and it had a shovel and it was digging a hole. <laughs> and I'm thinking, all right, it wasn't digging your grave in case you're wondering. <laughs> he was digging a hole and it was like I saw it in fast forward motion because all of a sudden I looked back and the hole was really deep. And when I asked the Lord what this meant, this is what the Lord said. He said that a lot of the time, people, because we're natural people, we have a desire to build things that you can see. We have a desire to create things um, on the surface. And, you know, we, everybody wants to do great things, and I'm not, I'm not saying not to do great things, but there can be that desire because of the love that we have for people and the Lord on the inside of us. We want to build things and create things on the surface. But what, I feel like what the Lord was saying to you was that where, you're, where you are right now is you're in this place where your angel is digging this hole because what God is desiring to do in your life is to begin to take you deep. Because one of the things that I heard the Lord say was is that while building things on the surface is amazing, um, if there is no depth to it, it's easy for that thing to come and go. But, you know, but when you build something that first has depth, the, there is such a higher potential for it to last. And... What I feel like the Lord is doing is he is inviting you to begin to see with spiritual eyes to understand that although maybe on the surface, there doesn't seem to be like a lot. What I feel like the Lord is saying to you is that he's been on taking you on this journey because what he's doing is he's creating in you a legacy. And uh, which is basically like what, I, what the Lord means by that is that he's creating something in you that's going to last beyond just something that you have done. And it's going to continue on for the generations. And even in that, I feel like what the Lord was showing me was that you need to begin to pray over your grandchildren. That, and I'm sure that you already do this because I know you're a praying woman. But I feel like even as you're praying in them to call out the destiny of them, because what the Lord is saying is that he is prepared to continue the legacy of what God is starting in you and continue to flow that down through, through your line, right? So that your life won't just be this something that you build and it's like, wow, it was here and it was gone, but you're creating a legacy of something that's gonna last for the generations, amen? So just stretch your hands toward us, pray for Father, we just bless that word right now. We bless, Lord, the amazing heart that you put in Kathy, Lord, just the intense love that she has for your people, Lord. We, first off, we bless that, God. Just that mothering anointing that's on the inside of her to just show love to everybody. And so we bless that on the inside of her, Father. We bless, Lord, the purpose that you've given on the inside of her. And Father, I'm asking that you cause her to see, not with natural eyes, but you'd cause her to see with spiritual eyes exactly what you're desiring to do in her life, that you are trying to build something through her and through her line that lasts beyond today or tomorrow, but that continues on through the generations. Lord, I'm asking, even as she releases words of prophecy over her grandchildren, Father, that you are beginning to establish the destiny in their lives of, of continuing on doing what you have called her to do. And we bless that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, second word. I'm going to go real fast. Yes. I'm sorry? 
Natural, yeah, absolutely, natural and spiritual grandchildren, because I know there's a lot of people that look up to you and love you very much. Um, the next one is Kelsey. Hey, what's up? You can stand up. This is it, I promise. Um, so again, while I was in the back room, I saw this, but I didn't know it was for you, and then I saw that it was for you. Um, I saw the Lord uh, come, and he handed me a, a, an engagement ring, and I knew that I was supposed to give it to you. My first question was, uh, Lord, she's already married, right? And so it wasn't that. It wasn't that. And so am I. Yeah. So am I. Sorry, honey. Wherever you are. <clears throat> All right. I don't think she's in here. Let's pass that. Pretend it didn't happen. Okay. All right. <clears throat> and, um, and so what I feel like the Lord was saying to you was he gave me this concept as I was just looking at you and he was talking to me about it of what it, what it felt like, you know, the moment that, you know, you and John got married, right? And how all of a sudden there is this moment where, you know, you have your life and you have your money and you have your stuff and he has his stuff and his money and his life. And all of a sudden you put these rings on each other's finger and all of a sudden all of his stuff is yours and all of your stuff is his, right? It's a weird moment, people. It's a weird moment. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and what I feel like the Lord was saying from that was, is that he was giving you the ring as a reminder that just like you and John have covenanted yourselves together, that Jesus has covenanted himself to you. And what he was saying to me was, is the same exchange that happened to you when you and John were married was the exchange that happened between you and Jesus when you accepted him as your Lord and Savior. And through that, he's inviting you to begin to dream big. Yeah. Um, I feel like there is a, um, a natural, like I could totally know that, I see that about you, that you're the kind of person who would like, you just want your man to just, you know, go shine, babe. Like, you know, you're the guy and just you go do your thing. And, and, but I feel like what the Lord is really inviting you into is a season where you yourself begin to dream because I feel like God has a, a big and amazing dreams that he's going to begin to show you. And when you release yourself from uh, whether things are possible or impossible, when you realize that the man who's covenanted himself to me is the creator of heaven and earth, all of a sudden now I have an ability to dream bigger because I realize everything is possible. Amen. So just stretch your hands toward her. Lord, we just bless Kelsey right now, Heavenly Father. Lord, we bless her ability to dream what you're doing on the inside of her. Lord, the new season that you're calling her into. And we bless this time that she has with you. And we declare, God, that it will be fruitful, that their lives will be fruitful, Heavenly Father. Lord, that you're breaking her out of the limitation mindset and into, Lord, what it feels like to be a covenant partner with Jesus Christ. We bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. All right. Can I get that time back? Is that possible? No? Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So Philippians 3, we're going to go back to there. So like I was saying, this is this moment where Paul is writing the story to the church of Philippi. And he's saying like, I have gone to the highest mountain. I've done the best things. You know, I was basically living the dream. Okay, like if there was ever a guy who was living the dream, Paul was living the dream. And he goes on to say that compared to the God dream in my life, that dream was garbage. That God living in my the God purpose for my life was so much better than the best thing that man could give me that now that I'm in my God dream and I look back to man's dream, I realize it actually was nothing, useless. It was garbage. There is nothing there that I want to go back to because where I am now is so much better. 
Let me tell you something. That is a promise to you. It's a promise not just to Paul, not just to the church of the Philippians. It's a promise to you. Your dream that God has put on the inside of your heart is not only possible, but it's so much better than anything man can offer. So then we get to verse 12 and he says this. Now, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. Okay, so what Paul is saying is like, yes, I'm living in my God dream and and yes, you know, I'm doing these things, but I need you to know something. My life isn't as good as it is because my life now is perfect. Okay, I'm still facing issues. I've still got problems. I'm still noticing things about my life and my situations that aren't the best. But he says this, he says, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Jesus Christ first possessed me. You see, your life, it may be good, but God has better. Your life may be better than yesterday, but your tomorrow can be so much better than your today. Verse 13 says this, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing. This is what we're going to focus on today, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Jesus Christ is calling us. So heavenly father, this morning and these next 20 minutes that we have together, Lord, I'm declaring that your word goes forth and it frees us to dream. Lord, the year of the great harvest is more than a great slogan, but it's a promise of our destiny. It's the next step of where you are taking us into. And so, Lord, we say right now, just say that I receive it. it. Lord, we receive everything that you're doing. Heaven manifesting here on earth in us, through us, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've been talking about, uh, if you've been with, you know, pretty much all of us, anybody who's been up here over the last, really since the beginning of the year, you've noticed that there's been this main theme. And the main theme has really been understanding our authority. Okay. My dad preached that message last Sunday, or not last Sunday, two Sundays ago. If you weren't here or you heard it only once, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to it again. Okay. It was, I believe, the prophetic message for the year, giving us our instruction as to how do I actually attain this, okay? He he talked to us about this concept of how do we take control of time, right? That how do we take control of the future and our destinies? And so two weeks ago, Sunday, you got to listen to it. But we've been talking, sorry? Oh, it's the free CD next month too. So next week you can get it if you don't have online, which you all do. So, I mean, whatever. But we've been talking about this concept of understanding our authority because, you know, one of the things that we must understand in the body of Christ is that we are the, we are the controllers of our own destiny. Okay. And that's sometimes, you know, I recently was featured on a wonderful uh, podcast hating on me and our church because we believe that God actually wants good things to happen in your life. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, like we could applaud for that, right? That's awesome. But this is the reality, is that God wants great things for our life, but we have to understand that we are the ones that control whether we experience good or bad things in our life. 
that God from the very beginning of the time, Jeremiah tells us that he has set for us everything that we would need in order to succeed. But because God gave us free will, we get the ability to choose whether or not we're going to walk down that road. Okay, let me go back to my dad's teaching. You know, when he was talking about those converging lines, is this understanding? I'm always going back to your teachings, man. It sucks, right? But he's talking to us about the converging lines and this understanding that we get the ability and the right to choose the directionality of our life, right? God wants us to stay inside the lines, but he doesn't get to choose whether or not we stay in those lines, We are the ones, we have been given the authority to say those things that we want. And so if I've been given the authority, the question is, how do I begin to exert that authority? How do I stand in this place where I not only talk about the good things of God, I don't just stand up at the altar and get this amazing prophetic word and hear what God wants to do, but I never experience it. I don't just come to church and read the banner that says it's the year of the great harvest, but I never experience any harvest at all. I want to understand one thing. How do I take what God is doing in the spiritual realm and bring it into the natural? Because that is what the New Testament is all about. It's teaching us this simple understanding of what does it look like to transform someone's normal average life into something that is supernatural. I mean, that's why when Jesus, he chose the disciples, he chose them for one very specific reason. Each and every one of them were absolutely average. indisputably, absolutely, and completely average. They were normal guys doing normal things. And what happened? When they understood the word, they applied the word, and they stepped out on the word, average was transformed into incredible. Now, was it because they were with Jesus and, you know, because Jesus was there that, you know, through the anointing of Jesus, it was none of those things. You know, the disciples ended up doing greater things when Jesus was gone compared to when Jesus was here. Like, continue to read on through the New Testament and the disciples actually live out the promise of how Jesus says, greater things will you do. I mean, these were 12 seemingly insignificant people that literally have shaped culture for thousands of years. That is the destiny. Let me tell you something. The enemy wants to make you feel small and insignificant. That's the name of his game. He wants to take what you know is true and twist it so that you feel like, well, I could never, I could never be that. I could never have that. I could never do that. Why? Because sometimes I think he sees the potential in us more than we see 
the potential in us. That's why we fight so hard. That's, I mean, I had this situation happen to me the other day. I was with somebody who used to be like really on fire for the Lord, and then they aren't so on fire for the Lord anymore. And, you know, it seemed like as soon as they became not on fire for God anymore, their life just was like sweatlessly easy, right? And I'm ticked. Because I'm like, yo, God, like, what about me here? Hello, you know, the guy who's still doing the thing. But you realize something, I mean, it is simple. When you're not fighting an enemy, life, easy. I mean, isn't that what Paul said? He said, I've been to the top of the mountain. I know all that man has to offer. I mean, at this point, when you read about the things that he has gone through, Like, this was the guy who was revered as the best of the best, the top of the top. Now he is, what, shipwrecked, beat up, whipped, hated, dead. He's funnier than me today. But you see, what, what happened? What, what has happened? What he experienced the truth. That's why we come to church. That's why we apply the word. And so, you know, I have this nice little demonstration because the Lord asked me a question. He said, this is the promise. This is not the promise. This is a very multicolored street. <laughs> but let's just pretend for a minute this is the promise. He said to me, what do you do when you see this but your life looks like this. <laughs> Sorry, Sandy. <laughs> what do I do when the promise of the word says this, but my finances look like this? What do I do when the word says I could be healed like this, but the doctor says, my life, what do I do when I see this and the enemy says, this is all you can do? Because isn't that what we experience every day? Isn't it what we experience? We come to church and we're like, Yay, the victory! We got the victory! And then we walk out the door and we're like, oh my God. <laughs> right? Right? Isn't that what happens to us? But you see what the very... There was... Yeah. <laughs> you see, people are... <laughs> You're all cheering because you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> but you see, there was a very important thing that the Lord followed up the statement with. He said to me, but the thing that you have to remember is that everything that you need for this is found in this. That in the beginning, in the beginning, this looks like 
nothing. But everything that you need for this can be found in this. This is the faith process. The faith process is, how can I take this and make it this? How can I be faithful with this so I can make this? How can I believe this more than I believe this? Okay, I mean, this is the faith process. Because the reality is, it's actually this simple. I mean, this definitely does not look simple, but <laughs> theoretically it's simple. So what do I do then in my life to go from the peace to the promise? We got a puzzler, everybody. <laughs> Boom. Mr. the Puzzle Man. Okay. That's right. That's right. Start with the frame. Okay? That's right. Okay. So how do I get from the peace of the promise? Number one, I have to forget my past. Your past does not determine your potential. Let me say that again. Your past does not determine your potential, okay? Believing the picture more than I believe in the pieces determines how far I will go. The word will paint us a picture that our past will always tell us is impossible, the way that we get to the picture is we stop consulting the past about what our future is going to look like. You may have failed yesterday, but it does not mean that you are going to fail today. It may not have worked yesterday. That does not mean it's not going to work tomorrow. What happens every day that I just put another piece together and another piece together and another? Listen, the puzzle may not be done today, but I promise you something. If I just keep putting one puzzle piece in the picture, another puzzle piece in the picture, eventually I'm going to see the picture. Let me tell you something. Just because I bought this puzzle and I open the box, doesn't mean it's gonna magically assemble itself. <laughs> when I buy the puzzle, it doesn't mean that the, the man who made the puzzle is gonna come over to my house and assemble it for me. <laughs> what, it takes work. It takes discipline. It takes focus. Why? Because the experiences of the past can be more real than the promise of tomorrow. The emotions, the memories. It could feel more real, but your past can never determine your potential. Number two, 
You have to find your picture. The most important piece of a puzzle is the picture. Without the picture, these, mean it means nothing. I have to find my picture. So many people that I talk to wonder why they never experience the things that they want to experience. But my first question to them is always is, What's your God dream? What's the vision for your life? Why did God create you? You see, so often we try to begin to put together all the pieces, but we have no idea the picture that God is trying to create. I tell you something, when you know the picture, the puzzle is easy. Every piece goes exactly where the picture tells me that piece is supposed to go. All of a sudden, the picture takes this from a random piece with colors on it to something that has purpose. If I don't know the picture, I'll never know how to use the pieces. All these pieces are on my thing. (laughs) Prophetic words passion, talent. These are all ways that we define what our picture looks like. People come to me and ask me, well, how do I know what God created me for? The first thing I say to them is, what do you love? What are you passionate about? Now, your destiny may not be in your passion, but your passion will always lead you to your first piece. You want to know what God wants you to do? Begin to follow after the things that make you passionate. And the picture will become clear. And number three, we have to focus on the promise, not focus on the peace. If I spend my whole life staring at the peace, the promise seems impossible. Or, if I spend my whole life staring at the peace, I will inevitably try to alter the peace in order to make it fit where I think it needs to go. But when I spend my life focused on the promise, everything else makes sense. You see, the importance of your peace doesn't determine your potential. So often I hear that, well, this person is, has this and this person has this and, you know, I see these people and they're doing such great things and, you know, this person, oh, they're doing so great and, you know, they must have such a great destiny that God has for them. I tell you something, you can't compare your pieces. Your piece isn't your potential. This is just a small sliver of what God has for you. So what do we do? How do I begin to create my puzzle? It's simple. Start using the pieces. Start to discover the things that make you feel passionate. You see, this is what Paul did. He said, I'm forgetting what lies behind. Because your promise can never be seen through the lens of the past. It's impossible. 
Your past will always make your future seem impossible. So as I forget what lies behind and I press on, not that I have the fullness of the picture, but I press on because I know that the more that I keep moving with the things that I already know, the faster I'm going to get to experience what this is all about. You see, the way that you make this a reality is simple. Start doing the things that God has asked you to do and watch as this thing begins to unfold. It's sim- Does it mean that it's going to be easy? No. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, I was going to buy a 2,000-piece set, but then I had mercy on Sandy thinking 2,000 pieces on the ground would be crazy. Does it mean it's going to be easy? No. Just like, I mean, I'm thinking, I'm yesterday I'm in Walmart and I'm buying this, I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to buy a puzzle that I would actually like. And I'm thinking, there is no flipping way I'm going to finish this puzzle because it's going to be way too hard. But you see, that could be the way that our life feels sometimes. Just because you got the pieces and you got the picture doesn't mean that the process is going to be easy. You see, the enemy tries to make us feel like because it's difficult, it means it's impossible. Or because it's difficult, it means that it's not God's plan for your life. I mean, Paul is a perfect example. He says, so it's not that it's easy. It's not that it's perfect. It's not that everything even goes my way. I mean, maybe you've been believing for your promise for the last 10 or 15 years. I tell you something, the only thing that can stop you from getting to the promise is if we, if we stop believing that this is possible. So believe. If you don't know what you're passionate about, I'll tell you the easiest way to find something you're passionate about. Start giving something your attention. Your passion and desire will follow things that you give your attention to. So Heavenly Father, you guys want to pray? Yes. I want to read this, and I I don't, you may go here, but I I just feel like the Lord wants you to include this when you pray over us today. Uh, Prophet of the Lord spoke over 2017 and said that this is a year of long-awaited breakthroughs, and I think that's what you're talking about, where it's a time where God is releasing things over us. And on a people who, he goes on to say, on a people who are ready and and who have prepared. Long-awaited victories coming to pass. And God is releasing a spirit of faith in people so that we can hope again. Where it's a chance, and this is where I feel like you need to pray for us today. Because I think there's a lot of maybe people here on the internet who would say, I've kind of given up on those things and I don't even think about them anymore. And I'm, I'm just moving on and doing my own thing and I feel like God is releasing his faith over us so that we can hit the reset button so we can forget the past and I believe in that reset button is the faith to be able to maybe consider again those little pieces of the puzzle that we would pick up again where he says we let go of the past it's a chance to start all over a fresh start to sow good seeds and get a harvest. Amen. Amen. So let's just do that. Let's just close our eyes. I really believe that the Lord has had me here specifically in understanding how to move beyond the past because 
It's something that God has done in my own life. And I know how it feels to be disappointed. I know how it feels to lose my hope, to lay down my dreams. But what I, what I know is that God, I mean, this is it right here. This is our prophetic painting of the day. For he He who promised is faithful. So Father, we do that right now. We choose to believe. We choose to trust and we choose to hope. I'm just gonna get you to repeat this after me and keep your eyes closed. You can say it as loud or as quiet as you want. But there is something that happens when we respond. Now, so just pray this after me and say, Heavenly Father, I choose as an act of my will to loose from my soul past disappointments, past failures. I choose to loose from my soul limitation, fear, anxiety, and worry. I choose to loose from my soul every situation that I have felt that you weren't faithful to your word. Every time I felt like you weren't faithful, that you weren't trustworthy, and that you weren't out for my best intentions. I choose as an act of my will to loose unforgiveness to lose, to lose discouragement, discouragement. To, lose to lose offense, offense anger, anger, and frustration, and frustration towards, you towards you or towards anyone else. Towards anyone else. And Heavenly Father, Father, as an act of my will, I choose to bind to my soul, to bind to my soul. hope. Take a second there. Jesus. Say, I choose, I choose as an act of my will, as an act of my will to, bind to, myself, to bind to myself expectation. expectation. Just take a second. The Lord is doing a work in our hearts right now. Say, I choose as an act of my will to bind to myself faith in your word. And so Heavenly Father, I'm declaring over each and every person in this room right now, Lord, for things, treasures that have been stored up Right now, Heavenly Father, I'm declaring that you're loosing angels to bring into our reality seeds that we've sown, harvests that we haven't harvested, 
dreams that we've allowed to die. Lord, that you are resurrecting our hopes and our desires. You are resurrecting the promise. Lord, we've allowed the lies of the enemy to, di to dictate and determine our decisions. Right now, Father, we choose as an act of our will to silence the lies of the enemy that would try to make us feel like we could do it better on our own. But Father, we are declaring today that we are believing believers, that we are the faithful church. We are the ones that you have chosen. We are the remnant, Heavenly Father. And so right now, Lord, I'm declaring every block, every barrier, every door, you're breaking them down. Every lie, every bit of discouragement, must bow its knee to the name the name of Jesus that's above every name the name of Jesus that's above the name of doubt and discouragement and despair the name of Jesus that's above the name of cancer and sickness. The name of Jesus that's above the name of poverty and lack. The name of Jesus that's above the name of divorce. said years ago that a quality decision is one that is made from which there is no retreating and I just want to say Pastor Alex I want to invite you to come to the altars I want to say this I know that the Lord did this, this with us in the back room there is something about a quality decision when that we, we we make this decision that we mean and we even if it takes a few minutes what would it be if it took us 
you know, 10 extra minutes or 15 extra minutes? Or what would, it, what would happen if we sat here with such a determination in our heart that says, God, if we sat here for an hour and says, I'm not, I'm not leaving today, God. I'm, I'm not going out of those doors today without allowing that reset button where I really mean it in my heart. I'm not leaving the church today, God, like I've left so many times. I come and it's an encouraging word and I can feel that thing try and come back on me before I leave the doors. I want to say today, I believe with everything that's in us on this message, on the heels of a week of fasting and prayer, that there, if you couldn't tell it, there is liberty in the house in the name of Jesus. And liberty happens when we shift the way that we think and we demand of our hearts and our minds to think like God thinks. That doesn't necessarily happen because someone preached a message, but it will happen when we get determined enough in our heart to say, hey, I, I, I believe what Pastor Alex is saying. I believe that message is coming from the Lord. I, I can tell there's something different about the atmosphere in my house. And hey, heck, you know what? I'm, I'm just not gonna leave today. Like I have so many other times, mad at God or mad at people or just feeling like things don't work. I'm just gonna come to the altar and do business with the Lord and require of myself when I walk through those doors that the past is gonna stay in the past. That I'm gonna, if it only starts with us saying, God, I'm believing in you again. If that's the only good thing that we say when we leave these doors, we allow that work, that spiritual work that Pastor Alex just prayed for us to be solidified by the authority that doesn't come out of his mouth, it comes out of my mouth and your mouth as we leave these doors in the name of Jesus. So I'm going to invite you to come back up. I know we have announcements, but I'm telling you, this is a mile marker day where we draw the line in the sand and we, we do something about that banner in the name of Jesus. Maybe we need to do like a prophetic thing. Like as you come up, you're going to give every person a piece of the puzzle. I actually can, I saw that when you prayed that like as you pray as you come to the altar if nothing more happens then you just prophetically take a piece of this and just say that okay lord i choose to pick up another piece today and just receive that and keep it in, or tape it to the front of your bible or tape it to your cell phone or something where you just stay determined because of that that this means i'm one step closer to the picture amen do you have something to say lord a lot of people, when you when you decide when you try to figure out what church is all about, why do we do this every week? It's because most of the time when we come and we're living our lives, we see the piece of the puzzle from this side. And what God wants to do when He interacts with you, He wants you to see this side. Now, you probably can't see that on camera, but you're you know the cardboard side. When we first start walking with the Lord, our whole puzzles are in the cardboard side up. And what God starts to do mercifully is he doesn't say, okay, turn them all over and feel totally inundated and insignificant and overwhelmed by your life. He just says, turn over one piece and let's talk about that piece and then put it in the puzzle. And then guess what? You'll come back on Sunday and he'll say what? You're done. You're awesome. Yeah, he'll say that. But then he'll say, look over another piece. And that simply becomes the journey that we live in the New Testament. Amen. 
Amen. Let me just say two quick announcements and then Pastor Alex, you can come up here. After service today, you received this in the insert of your bulletin. I think there's enough pieces. Okay. Sandy, he's being good to you today. School of Evangelism is meeting after service in the green Sunday school room. If you have any questions about that, you can see Pastor Liz or Rachel Goldhawk. This Tuesday night, our Connect class begins um, here at 7 o'clock at the church. If you have not already signed up, you can see Pastor Alex after service to sign up for that, or I believe that there is a table outside in the hall after service. And then the final one, which we will not play the commercial for today just so we can get into it, is that our Encounter 2 weekend that Pastor Tina referred to earlier is coming up on March the 24th or 25th. I can't remember right now. Is it the 25th? 25th. Okay, March the 25th, which is a Friday night and Saturday. Um, you can sign up for that with Miss Jenny or um, Rebecca, who plays the violin. If you see either one of them after service today, you can get yourself signed up for Connect 2. This is for anybody who already has done Connect 1, or Encounter 1, sorry. We um, encourage you to sign up for this other course, okay? Amen. Pastor Al. Uh, if I could just put a plug in for Connect, if you're kind of new to the ministry and you're, you know, you don't know people and you kind of don't know what we're all about here, I really encourage you to sign up for the Connect course. It really gives you the opportunity to meet some people and kind of develop some relationships with people around you and then find out where we're going as a ministry so that you can really, uh, you know, connect yourself in to the purpose and destiny of what God is calling us to. And then if you're, call if you're called here, that's part of who you are as well. Stand as we close the service. Come on up, Pastor Alex. Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending me to the greatest church in the galaxy. I know you sent me here because you wanted to transform my life. And you want to change me so that you could use me to transform others. Say, Holy Spirit, I'm all yours. Use my life to glorify God and build his kingdom. Amen. Glory to God. If you want to make your way up here, Pastor Alex will be up here and he'll be able to, he wants to share one of these with you as well. If you have prayer needs, the, the prayer ministers are up here. They'd love to join their faith with you and see those things accomplished in your life. Amen. God bless you all. Those of you on the internet, thank God for you. We trust that today's service was a blessing to you. And we'll see you next time. God bless you.